Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of For What It's Nerd. Today, we are here for the final episode of the year. Yep, that's right. After this one, we'll be taking a break to the new year. Um, so I hope you guys have a great Christmas, a great new year, uh, and whatever you el whatever else you might celebrate during this period. Um, but yeah, so today we are discussing two films. Um, one that I can't discuss in its entirety because I haven't finished it yet, uh, which is Rebel Moon and uh, Aquaman. The Lost Kingdom. Let's start with Aquaman. I watched that yesterday, and I've got to be honest, it is a movie. And by that I mean I don't think it was as bad as maybe people are suggesting it was. Um it's typical, it's expected, it's nothing fresh, it wasn't particularly enthralling, but it was an okay movie. Uh, you know, the comedy was okay, the acting was okay. I feel, in fact, at points it was probably hard to follow because it's funny, when you're dealing with a character that's underwater a lot of the time and you're using water effects, sometimes that makes clarity go out the window. But um, I do have a few sort of negative points about um, the movie. I do think some of the... Uh, the dialogue was not the best. I think um, at certain points I was really like, whoa, like that just totally took me out of the movie because it just felt like forced. And like, it's not like Jason Momoa is necessarily a bad actor. So like, it's not like it's his delivery of the lines. Um, it's just, I just think some of the lines in the movie were really terrible. Um, I mean, even Randall Park at points was just like, I couldn't, I genuinely felt like I was cringing watching the movie because the lines were just um, not great. Uh, and, you know, these are actors who are who have been in other things and been good in them, you know? So it's not like, and even, even regards Jason Momoa, I actually quite liked the first Aquaman film. Yes, again, it wasn't anything uh, revolutionary, but it, it wasn't um, as bad as this one, so to speak. And I actually quite enjoyed it. So, um you know, it, it's it's a weird one. I do think um, as well, my big issue with this movie is it doesn't, it tells a little too much and it tells it too late. Um, there's a part in the movie and I won't, I'll try not to disclose as much as possible, but there's a part in the movie where um, essentially um, there is a whole uh, background of like, oh, this is why the villain's doing what the villain does. Um and there's a few of those throughout the movie, actually. There's like, this is why these people hate each other. Like, it, it felt like it was really trying to make sure that if anyone hadn't watched Aquaman 1, they knew what was going on. And that's fine, but I feel like sometimes it went to the extreme with that. But anyway, in this in this segment, uh, especially, um, there's kind of a backstory as to why the villain's doing what the villain does, and it just feels like... I feel like I we were all we were told it, and I feel like it would have actually been better if you had all of that at the beginning of the film, um, as like the introductory scenes, um, sort of similar. How do I describe it? You know how um, in Thor: Dark World, and I'm not saying I'm not saying Dark World is like the best movie ever. You know how in the beginning of that movie you see like what happened with the Ether first. And you know what's kind of happened with Malekith and uh, Odin's father, Bor. You know that's all happened. And then you get like what's happening in the current time. It's kind of the opposite way around in this. You have this moment that happens later on 
that should have really fe- felt like it could have been a really good start to the movie, uh, especially because I feel like the start of this movie was pretty weak in that, don't get me wrong, I get that they're going for the family angle in Aquaman 2, and I get that it's like this idea of how do we introduce that um, Arthur has a child very quickly, but it's like, it feels like half like half of the movie is like, hey, let me get you caught up on that. Hey, let me get you, let me get, hey, let me get you caught up on that. And that was like, that's how the movie starts. Like, oh, basically, since the last time you saw me, I did all these things. And it's like, okay, but again, you could have showed a little bit of that too. Uh, I, I, I don't mind telling. I think sometimes telling is necessary. I think especially with um, a general mainstream audience, sometimes you need to remind them of what happened last time or, or maybe remind them of certain facts that they might otherwise forget that are important plot points. Um, but I think showing generally is better, and we all, we all we, we can all kind of agree on that. So I feel like this movie at parts was very much like that was a problem to me. That was really um, my biggest gripe with the movie. Also, just the CGI at points was absolutely abysmal. There's a point especially where you see um, Arthur kind of move to punch, I think it was Black Manta, I think, and the CGI just looks horrendous. Looks absolutely diabolical. And also, by the way, this is something that I need to discuss because it's I it's just popped into my head and I hate it about current movies, more 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 recent movies, where the villains' plans or ideas are just they're a bad guy, they're doing bad guy things. It feels like we've reverted back to the sixties where you had mustache mustache twirling villains. No one wants that. People want villains that have an understandable, if not skewed, perspective of things. Or if they are downright batshit, why are they downright batshit? And don't get me wrong, the movie kind of explains it later on again, but it feels like it was left open just to like, it felt like it was more about like, hey, this villain's doing villain things, but don't worry about that, focus on this. And it was like, it, it didn't quite make sense to me because technically in this movie black manta has a lot of agenda um and that swept under the rug and i i won't discuss more of that because i feel like that's something that people should see in the movie itself but black manta has this really good reason for doing what he's doing and then it's like just it just goes it just it is just washed out like deluge like quite literally so that was that was painful to watch i will admit uh obviously as well this movie has a lot of issues surrounding it that aren't actually the movie itself um the first one being that of course this is the end of the dceu so the old kind of connected cinematic universe um that has run for about 10 years now i believe uh, obviously that's concluded with aquaman aquaman 2 you know um superman legacy is filming next year and that's like the beginning of the dceu which is the the kind of newer version of what's going to go on going forward so that is kind of a um i think that was a driving force as to why this film is not doing well why it's as many people are putting it floundering at the box office um but also of course there's the amber heard controversy which is a big part of this film she's actually very very um sparingly used throughout the film i believe obviously because of this and um yeah i I think it's been one where this is a movie that just had setbacks and issues and like there was covid and there's like then of course the amber heard issue and then you know the dceu is ending and then on top of all that 
you know, um, you have actual production logistic logistical hell over at Warner Brothers anyway. So it just feels like this movie was just always going to be what it ended up being, which is luckily not bad, 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 but like not really great. But I, I did enjoy it and there were a few fun parts and I don't think it's a movie that, I would I would watch it again. I would watch it again. Me like if I was doing a run through of those movies, I'd probably watch that alongside. You know, so it's not the worst movie in the world. Let's put it that way. With that all said, let's discuss the other movie that, funnily enough, is sort of linked because obviously Zack Snyder um, has been the director, was the director for Rebel Moon, and this is a movie that he did pitch to. Um, Lucasfilm, Disney, as regards Star Wars, and they declined it. Um, so this is like this is like a, an own IP, but it was based in like a Star Wars idea to begin with. Um, so this movie, and again, I'm only about halfway through it. I do not vibe with in any way, shape, or form, and why? because it does not feel like the movie it's trying to be. And what I mean by that is, if you're going to be a Star Wars knockoff, don't make everything look like it's from a fantasy film. And I genuinely mean that. Like, all of the outfits do not look sci-fi. All of the um, buildings do not look sci-fi. Up to halfway through the movie, which I've watched so far, um, there's been one sliding door in one um house in in a village and then there's been a, a mining planet and a few ships in space and it's like this does not feel at all sci-fi to me you could have basically removed that ship and turned it into an like like a long board or something like that i don't know like a like a um uh not a long board uh what's it called a, a big ship you could you could have had like a um Oh, I can't think of it. I only said long book because they say long house in the in the actual thingy, and I, I, that's what came to my head straight away. You know, like a, a typical like um, seafaring vessel, right? You could have that, and that would have essentially served the same purpose. And and really, this movie wouldn't have changed much. Um, obviously, there's a there's a character that is a robot that would have to change, but I feel like this movie aesthetically. As well as like a again, I have to spoil this a little bit, but I'll try again to keep as as, as spoiler free as possible. There's a griffin in this fucking movie for some reason, and it's like I genuinely don't feel like I'm in a sci-fi world at all, and that's my biggest gripe with Rebel Moon so far. It's just not my vibe for like if I'm going like you have high fantasy, I think there's such a thing as high sci-fi uh, or like proper sci-fi like you know your star trek and even though i would argue that star wars is more sci fantasy in a way it's it's high concept as regards the buildings and like it that they're nothing like what we would find on earth and i do think that's my issue with this one i think it's really weird seeing it's really weird seeing like this thing that's touted as this like space opera that feels nothing like it's in space. It doesn't feel like space at all. But um, aside from that, I think the visuals, the parts are pretty good. There's, there's a lot of it that actually I think looks really nice. I think some of it looks horrendous on the other side, especially the ships. I think the ships look absolutely horrendous. But I mean, I think that's something that um, the industry in general can get wrong at some points. Um, it just sometimes they look so off compared to the actual world that they're in. 
but um but yeah so um character development in the movie is next to nil again you're being told everything there is uh scenes that could have been implied that weren't and i have to comment on this because it's one of my most hated things about the an hour and a half of the movie i've watched so far uh an hour and a half no uh what would it be two hours 15 minutes so that's like yeah, around about, well, a little bit less than that. Um, now we're in 15 minute, minutes, let's say. Um, is the slow battle scenes. Every scene, every every fight is slowed down for a few seconds. Then they fight again, then they slow down. It is boring, it is dull. I get it at some points if there's a really, really, like, there's a lot going on in the battle. But most of these battles include two people. Or maybe three or four. Not, like... Like, this isn't James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy 3 hallway scene where everything's going on and you feel like, yeah, okay, at certain points it might be cool to slow this down so people can see the visual, you know, effects we're doing as regards, let's say, Nebula, when Nebula literally has to reconstruct herself or or anything like that. So this is a this is a really... Um, I, th- I think this is a really big flop. Um, the hilarity is that... I've just seen an article before I started this review saying that they think they consider it to be not an IP, but something more original, I believe it was what the article said, or something akin to that. And I find it hilarious because this seems incredibly derivative and incredibly lazy uh, and just not at all interesting, really, apart from the fact that it has Zack Snyder's name attached, which is why people watched it because they thought it would be this epic magnum opus that would shit all over Star Wars. And guess what? It didn't. Not saying that Star Wars is a magnum opus unto itself, because it's not. But um, they really thought they were, they really thought they ate that, and they didn't. And that's, that's all I can say, really, about Rebel Moon. With that all said, guys, of course, this is the last episode of the year. So again, all the well wishes to you all. Um, I hope you have a great. Uh, I hope you have a great uh, holiday period, and I will be back in the new year with loads more nerdy shows, movies, etc. to talk about. Uh, in the meantime, keep an eye out for the rest of my What If reviews. Uh, Marvel's What If is coming out daily at the moment, uh, and I am trying to get those out daily as well to kind of give you guys a little bit more content over the holiday period. But other than that, I'll see you guys in the new year. Have a great day. Have a great week. And I'll see you guys later. Bye, guys.